Open your Bibles today to Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14. Today in Christian circles, today in the church, I hear a lot of discussion on discipleship and people want to know how to make disciples. They want to know, is there a plan to make disciples? Is there some surefire method that if you plug people in it, when they come out of it, they're a disciple of Jesus Christ? And talking about our church, people ask me, what is the discipleship plan of your church? What is the discipleship method that y'all are using as a church? And there are many books on it. Uh, There are conferences about it. At our own church, hopefully you've heard me say that our goal is to make disciples who will make disciples, who will go out and make other disciples. On Wednesday night, after we have our tremendous meal, we have our discipleship groups. And for sure, my prayer is that disciples are being made and disciples are growing through the ministry of Calvary Baptist Church. Well, in that thinking, with that line of thought, I wonder, and today we're going to look at the question What does it take, what does it require to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Is there a set of requirements for being a true disciple of Jesus? And if there is, what are those requirements? What does that include and what does that look like for us today? Now before we begin this morning, let me say and let me tell you our answer today comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from a church. It doesn't come from a book that somebody has written. It doesn't come from me. Our answer today comes from Jesus. And I'm afraid the truth is he is a whole lot harder on the subject. He is a lot stricter in its application than I believe we would be. Our message today is entitled, The Demand of a Devoted Disciple. The Demand of a Devoted Disciple. Again, we're in Luke chapter 14. Today, three verses, verses 25 through 27. Again, Luke chapter 14, today, verses 25 through 27. I'm gonna ask, if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word, Luke chapter 14, beginning here in verse 25. And it says this, Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Who does does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. We, we celebrate today a resurrected and risen Savior reigning right now as King. We come today and we know the grace that we have, we have been exhibited, that we've been shown through Jesus, that through him we're forgiven, that through him we're redeemed and purchased back from the debt of our sin, that through him we have eternal life. And we come today and we desire to hear from you. What does it look like? What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? Put inside of us a desire to follow you as true disciples. I pray that we have been wise and we've truly worshiped you and that you would know our hearts of love and gratitude towards you. 
And I pray now at this time that you would speak to your people, your message, that we will be impacted, that some here in the hearing of your word might put their faith in Christ today. We pray for a supernatural response. We come today and tell you we love you and we thank you, we worship you and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today I think, I believe, there are a lot of people who would like to consider themselves or who would even like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I think for the most part in our area that is considered a positive thing. And if you were to describe someone, they would like to say, you know what, this is this person and this is their career and this is where they worked and, and they were a good person and oh yeah, they were a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I think most people would like to be considered a disciple of Jesus. Then, I believe in our desire perhaps to include everybody in our desire, maybe even for numerical growth, in our desire to be seen as accepting of everyone, I think the church today has lowered the bar of discipleship. And I believe the truth is we're operating not really according to God's standard, what, what Jesus has said, but rather today it seems that we operate according to the lowest common denominator. And you watch today, if somebody will come and if they'll show some interest and if they'll put in any effort at all, if they'll attend some stuff, we will hail them as a great devoted disciple of Jesus. And we may be okay with that, but evidently Jesus takes issue with it. He evidently holds a higher standard for his disciples. And so let's today again see what he says on the subject. Let's look at verse 25. It says this, Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them. As Jesus' public ministry progressed, many times we see in the gospel accounts large crowds and sometimes even huge crowds are drawn to his ministry. Now, there is an excitement to it. There is a buzz about it. He is doing miraculous things and, and the word is going out. Look at the miracles that he is performing. He is also teaching and, and he is proclaiming some radical things and, and they're talking about, can you believe what, what he is saying, especially of himself? And, and there is a talk concerning his ministry and, and people are curious about his ministry and so these large crowds, sometimes again even huge crowds, are now building around his ministry. And in that context, the Bible says that Jesus turned and said to them. Really, if you try to picture that, really he turns and he confronts the large crowd. There is a large crowd now moving with him and he turns and confronts the large crowd. I wanna show you today two things here out of verse 25, two things I believe we should see here in verse 25. The first thing is this. Large crowds do not mean discipleship is happening. 
Large crowds do not mean that, that discipleship is taking place. Now, it could be, we have nothing against a large crowd, but a large crowd alone is not always a sign that God is working. Sometimes we're led to believe that. And man, there's this church and they're somewhere in this giant city and they've got 25 or 45,000 people and for sure God must be working there. We'll see today, large crowds do not mean discipleship is happening. That's the first thing. The second thing, see this. I'm going to read the verse again. Now, large crowds were going along with him. We're going along with him. See this today. This is the second thing. Going along with Jesus is not the same as following Jesus. Be sure you recognize that. This crowd, they were excited. They were curious. This was evidently the popular thing to do. And they are moving along with Jesus. But understand, we're going to see it more clearly. It's not the same thing as following Jesus. Be sure today, there are a lot of people, and for whatever the reason is, they have joined the Christian movement, but the problem is they've never joined Christ. There's people today and they're following the Christian crowd and it, it may be the popular thing to do, but the problem is they're not following Christ. And that following the crowd is not the same thing as, as walking as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so we see those two things there in verse 25. All right, look at verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, and wife, and children, and brothers, and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, starting here in verse 26, and then continuing on to verse 27, we're going to see here three items, three requirements that if you're not willing to do, in fact, if you're not doing them, you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ. The Bible says you cannot be. And remember again, Jesus is the one laying this out. Now be sure, and I want to say this, be sure this is not talking about salvation. This is talking about our commitment to the Savior. Be sure and understand, this is not the means of our redemption. This is the motivation for our following our Redeemer. Verse 26, Jesus says, a person cannot be his disciple if he does not hate his own father, his mother, his wife, his brothers or sisters, his children, and he says even his own life. Well, that sounds impossible. That sounds like a standard that we can't reach. That's, that's what Jesus has said here. Man, that's, that's a hard standard. I have to hate all of these people and even myself. Stay with me here. See this today. The word hate used here in their culture, in this culture that it was written, is not the same understanding of the word hate that we have today. Now, be sure, I'm not trying to change Jesus' words, but we have to understand them in context as they were, they were meant. Our word, our understanding of hate means to despise. It means to loathe. It means to be hostile towards someone 
or something. And that's our understanding of the word hate. If I were to say, I hate this, or I hate this person, I loathe that person or that thing. I despise that person. I am hostile toward that thing. However, in this Jewish culture of their day, hate didn't have that meaning. It meant to prioritize. Really, it was an ordering. If you hated something, you loved it or you liked it less than something else. Now, there's several examples we could look at in Scripture, several places we could come and take our example out. Let me give you one of them. In Genesis chapter 29, it says that Jacob loved his wife Rachel, but he had hatred towards his wife Leah. And I read that account, and if you go through there and you're reading across that chapter, and, and, and in some translations it says he hated or he had hatred towards his wife Leah. We read that and think, man, how harsh that is of Jacob. He stayed with her. He was married to her. He had seven kids with her, and yet he despised her. He, he hated her. No, that's not what that means. He loved her, but what it is showing us, us is that he loved Rachel more. It was a matter of priority. And so Jesus says here, you cannot be his disciple if you do not love him above and beyond all other relationships, above your family, above your loved ones, above your kids, and even yourself. And that's what he's saying here. You cannot be his disciple if you do not love him above and beyond everyone else. To be a disciple of Jesus you love him more than any relationship that you have. Now, I read that, and I think, well, that makes sense. He's telling us we're the, he's the first priority, and we're to have a greater love for him than any relationship that we have. But do not miss how big this is. See this today. Get this. I love my wife. I love my family. I love my kids, and I, I mean I, I love my family. I love those kids. I love my wife. I love them. But this shows us how intense my love is to be for Jesus. That's a disciple of Jesus Christ. Our love for him is far beyond anything else. The question is today then is this. So is it? Is it? Is your love for him greater than your love for anyone or anything else. When we move to our sermon series on the family coming up, we're gonna see that, that if we have a right love for Jesus, if we're rightly loving Jesus and he is first, you know what, that makes us a better husband and that, that makes us a better dad and that makes us a better mom in our family and it's not a messed up priority set, it's the proper priority set and we have to love Jesus above and beyond all other relationships. Look at verse 27. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, again, in verse 27, we're gonna look at it in two parts. We're gonna look at two separate requirements here for a disciple of Jesus Christ. The first one is we have to love Jesus above and beyond any other relationship. And now we see the second one. The first requirement of verse 27, it says this. And whoever does not carry his own cross cannot be my disciple. That word and, I believe there's two different things called for there, but the first one is this. And who does not carry his own cross 
cannot be my disciple. Again, we have to understand this in context. We have to, to, to come back and see it in the context if we're going to be able to, to comprehend it today. We'll understand when the Romans carried out an execution by crucifixion, they would strip the person naked. And then they would hang over their neck a sign with their, their list of crimes that they had done. And then they would stand up that person publicly and they would totally humiliate that person. Then they would whip them and they would beat them and they would force them to carry the cross, the beam of their cross, to the place where they would be killed. Understand, it was a planned and deliberate thing and it had two purposes. One of them was great humiliation and the other was unimaginable suffering. And Jesus says, now think about this, he's gonna face execution by crucifixion, he's gonna be humiliated and he's gonna suffer on the cross of Calvary and he says here, to be my disciple, you must take up your cross but it's not by force, it's in obedience, it's in willing obedience and you must be willing to carry the shame and the suffering of the cause of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? It is twofold. If you're gonna follow him, you have to willingly in obedience pick up your cross and be willing to carry the shame and the suffering of the cause of Jesus Christ. And that is his standard of discipleship. Be sure today, when you carry your cross, you die to self-will and you pick up Christ's will. When you carry your cross, you surrender your existence to now exist as Christ himself. When you pick up your cross, you submit and you obey and you walk and you do it no matter the cost of discipleship. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, and I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's discipleship. Do you hear that today? What discipleship program do you have in your church? Listen to me, it's not a book. It's not some 10-week Bible study. It is the cross of Jesus Christ. No wonder disciples are few today. No wonder we can come around and say, where's all the disciples? It's costly and you have to submit to the shame and the suffering of the cause of Jesus Christ. The cross is the discipleship means. Second requirement of verse 27. Let me read it again. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And come after me cannot be my disciple. That is the third requirement Jesus gives us here. It means this. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you love him before all things and you love him beyond all things and you love him intensely and you have a love for Jesus. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you trade your life and you pick up the cross and you walk in obedience, enduring if you have to the shame of it, suffering if you have to for the cause and you do it willingly. It also means if you're a disciple, you follow Jesus. Very simply, you follow Jesus. 2016, here's what I've noticed. 
We want to be saved by Jesus. We want eternal life for sure. We want to be saved by Jesus. We want to be forgiven by Jesus. My sin is too much for me to bear. And oh, the grace of Jesus. I want to be forgiven by him. I want to be set free by Jesus. I want to be healed by Jesus. I want to be delivered by Jesus. I want to even be served by Jesus. But here's what I've noticed in 2016. We really do not want to follow Jesus. See, it's too radical. It's too embarrassing. It's too costly. What if he says that I need a new way to live and I have to forsake the old way that I was living? It's too costly. What if he says, you know what, you need a new priority and and you have to do away with the old priority in in your life? What if he says to the men, you have to to have a new way to lead your home and and you're now the spiritual leader of your home and and God's gonna lead you and then you're gonna dictate that and you're gonna lead your home in that manner and your selfish desires can't come into play anymore. What if he says to the church members, there's a new way to see the church and it's not to just come and attend and and sit there and judge everything and sit here, but you have to be a part of the body of Christ. What if he says to us, you have to submit control and follow me? Jesus says, that's discipleship. Those three things, that's his standard. It is high, it is costly, it's a high standard, yet Jesus still calls us to be disciples. You ever think of that? Well, maybe that's not, that's not something we could do. Maybe that's too costly. He still calls us. In fact, he still commands us not to just be converted, not to just be saved. He calls us to be a disciple who will go and make other disciples. That is the call of Jesus Christ. We're going to continue looking at the next set of verses next week. But right here, I stop for a second and I imagine this crowd. There's a buzz in the crowd and there's excitement in the crowd and they're, they're coming and it's the popular thing. And you know, if, if I can get my chores done, I'm going, to, I'm going to join the crowd and I'm going to meet with these guys and we're going to follow and maybe he'll do a miracle and maybe he'll proclaim something and maybe these Pharisees will get upset and maybe we'll see the argument take place. And here is this crowd. I imagine the crowd now. They start to look around. Maybe they start to thin out. Maybe they put their heads down and go somewhere else. Maybe there's somebody else. Maybe there's a different crowd that we'll, we'll get into that crowd. And I imagine many of them turned away. The question is this. Jesus tells us the call for his people, his disciples. The question is this. What about you? What about you? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come, we're thankful for you today, we're thankful for the truth of your word. I'm thankful that you call us to be disciples, that you define what it is to be a disciple, and that you tell us the, the high standard of Christian discipleship. I pray for us that you'd forgive us where we've tried to, to water it down, forgive us where we as individuals have, have tried to overlook it, have tried to say, well, that's good enough, that's close enough. I, I ask that you'd forgive us where we haven't walked as willing, obedient disciples of Jesus Christ. I pray today as you've spoken to us that you've, that you've talked to us, that you've trained us, and I, and I pray for a movement today of discipleship. Not a new book to read, but people changed by the cross of Calvary, setting down their will and walking to the will of Christ.
in truly following Jesus. Let there be a movement of discipleship. Changes for your glory. We come down, I pray for some in this room that they cannot be a disciple of Christ. They never put their faith in Jesus Christ. And no, we're not called to make converts alone, but yes, you have to be a convert before you can be a disciple. And I pray for some here today that are in this room that are under the guilt of their sin and the condemnation of their sin and they're tired of it. They want to set it down and then they find that you've offered forgiveness through Calvary. I pray that in the hearing of your word, decisions will be made at this time. We thank you for your truth. We praise you for it. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.